0: So if we are to hear the voice of God, we have to first realize that there is a human element that's involved. There's human free will. So we have to come to a place where we learn to hear God. And so there's good news with that is that you can learn to hear God. you know why? Anybody know why? I see Pastor Sylvia giving me the lip sink on that. But it's yes, Pastor Sylvia, that's right, because you're a sheep. That's right. And you were born with this ability, basically. Uh, We're born with an ability because we're made in the image of God. We're born with the ability to hear him, but we do have to learn how to tune in to hear the Lord. And it comes um, with more clarity as we mature in our walk with God, you know, and we come into uh, this place where we're focusing our heart and our mind and our attention more on the Lord, and we're able to hear better because remember He is He's in the still small voice. We've got to tune all of the noise out of our life, and we've got to get to that place where we sit before the Lord, where we're still before the Lord. And Jesus didn't say, "My sheep read the Bible." Now, don't misunderstand me here, because reading the Bible is absolutely essential. We know that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word became flesh, so Jesus is the Word, but reading the Bible alone isn't sufficient, and the reason that I say that is because a shepherd doesn't drive his sheep. He leads them, and it's impossible to follow the Lord without hearing his voice. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me. And I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. So I wanted to start us in that place that it is very clear Jesus is clarifying that there's only one way to come in. And so anyone who comes in through um, the gate and isn't coming in by some other way, they'll hear his voice. It's imperative that we learn to tune in to hear the voice of the Lord. But there are some other voices, you know, and, and that's part of our learning is discernment. And it's part of discerning and learning what voices are going on in our head you know so there are three voices that you're going to hear and it's yourself the devil um and the lord and so the devil will try to sound like the lord because he's the counterfeit he's an angel of light this is why it's imperative that we learn how to hear god's voice and part of how we learn that is actually reading the bible because we're learning how god speaks to his people we're learning what he says, what kind of things are in his heart through reading the Bible. And we're also learning how the enemy speaks. You know, when he said something like to Eve, did God really say that? You know, and so we might hear in our, in our thoughts, does the Bible really mean that? And you're trying to kind of discern, is that, you know, is that a thought from the Lord? Is this a thought from the enemy? Is this my own thought? You know, there's ways we can discern and decipher um, by process, process of elimination, but it is, like I said, through truly becoming so familiar with the authentic um, Lord Jesus Christ, becoming so familiar with his word, because that uh, word has become like a, a a light that shines on the darkness. It's illuminating truth so much that you're able to spot the counterfeit. And you're also just like Jesus said, He says, My sheep will not, they'll run away from another voice. It's because you know Him so well that when you hear the voice of the enemy, you know that's the enemy. You know, and that's really what the Lord is wanting from us as we draw near to Him, as we get into this intimate relationship. He wants us to know who He is. So we clearly hear His voice and know His voice, and we're not deceived. That to where we would follow the voice of another because he's clearly told us that his sheep will not do that. But this is what I commanded them saying, obey my voice and I will be your God and you shall be my people and walk in all the ways that I have commanded you that it may be well with you. Obey my voice, I will be your God. This is what God requires in all ages all generations. And many Christians don't realize that the basic requirement has not changed. This marks out true followers of Jesus. It's not a denomination that marks his followers. He said, my sheep hear my voice. That's the mark. I know them and they follow me. He knows us and he acknowledges us as we follow him. You know, I will not follow the core of false prophets, essentially, you know, and there's three distinctive features of hearing God's voice. Number one, it's personal. Two, it's intangible, which means unable to be touched or grasped, but doesn't have a physical presence. Three, hearing God's voice is always present, Um, in the sense of time. It's not past. It's not future. It's always present. And I'm talking about a now word like you hearing the Lord. And our protection is hearing the Lord's voice personally, not just relating to some movement or some doctrine, but personally hearing God's voice. And his voice is never in the past. It's always a now word. Even the word that we read, it's alive and active. It's still speaking today. God is outside of time. And so his voice is not in the past. You know, it's not something that we just um, pick up and put down, you know, his voice. Even God's name, I am. God's name is present. Psalm 119.89 forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. It never changes. It's settled. It's the mind, heart, and purpose of God. The word was in the beginning. Jesus was the word made flesh. He said, he who has seen me has seen the father. The word is eternal. Rhema um, is a word that is spoken. And like God's word spoken to you. Rhema is, I don't know if you've ever heard that word used before, like a rhema word from the Lord. Rhema is something the Lord has spoken previously, which he is now speaking again. In other words, rhema is the word which the Lord speaks the second time. This is something living. You know, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word God has spoken, every rhema. Basically, it's the counsel of God, if you can get a picture of that. You know, we don't know the full counsel of God, but God measures it out to us. For me, I had a personal word the Lord gave to me once in my life, and it has to do with the testimony that it would take me a while to unpack, so I won't go there. But it was a verse. And of course, I knew the verse but it was different when God spoke that verse to me. I knew it was God speaking. He brought it up in my mind. He spoke it to me and I knew it in that moment because of my own one discernment, but the holiness of the moment, I was in a time of repentance and I heard the scripture in me in that moment. That was a Rama word from the Lord. It, that, it was his word, but he was reminding me of it. It came to me all of the sudden, you know, so it wasn't just, um, a random thought it was God speaking. And so the total counsel of God is proportioned out to us each day. The bread from heaven logos, um, eternal in the heavens unchanged. Basically Rhema is a personal word spoken. And the Bible doesn't say that faith comes from reading the Bible. Faith comes by hearing. When we hear that living word, faith comes by hearing the spoken word of God. And that's Romans 10, 57. And I want you to think about those words. Faith comes. If we don't have it, I can get it. There's a process by which faith comes. Number one, it comes through God's word. God speaks through his word. 2 hearing we must have a hearing heart and 3 out of hearing faith comes usually there's a process of time on hearing to get us into a an inner stillness where we can hear and out of that hearing faith comes it'll always be in line with the scriptures romans 8:14 Those being led by the spirit of God makes us children of God. The Lord says today, if you will hear his voice, then he goes on about those who harden their hearts. The only way to enter God's rest is to hear his voice. You know, there are some words given in scripture that describe heart conditions. Calloused and hardened is a deaf heart. But the opposite is sensitive and responsive. We have to cultivate sensitivity towards the things of God. We need to hear with our heart. Hearing God's voice correctly is the factor in achieving spiritual success. He doesn't shout. Very rarely do you hear about God shouting. I'm not going to say he never does because there are there are times, but generally. In, in fact, when I heard the word from the Lord that I was speaking of, where I was in a time of repentance and I heard him speak His word to me, I heard it in a fatherly, gentle voice. He wasn't condemning me, but it was a harsh word to me. and but I knew it was the Lord. So matter of fact, we often see that when God speaks, that it's in a whisper. And there are some requirements for um, a hearing heart. And first, it's attention. We have to put our attention on the Lord. Two, humility. Proverbs says, to attend to my word, incline your ear. Well, to incline your ear is to bow down your head. Incline your ear. You're not arguing with God. You attend unto his wisdom. You bow the ear. Bow the ear and hear the words of the wise. Proverbs twenty two seventeen 17 says, The implication is that if we don't bow our ear, we won't hear. Apply thine heart into my knowledge, he says. We have to apply or give attention to God and his word and his ways. We need to focus our attention on him. It's totally contrary to our culture where most people can do two things at the same time, you know, like watching TV and doing homework or Working on some stuff, you know, maybe even getting on um, a prayer call, but having your cell phone and texting someone, that's not putting your whole attention on the Lord. And people generally are afraid of silence. We always need some kind of noise in the background, maybe some music always playing. But you know what? It's actually a distraction. Not all music, you know, sometimes it's that worship atmosphere, and that's good. But often, it can just be a distraction. It's actually good to just sit before the Lord. To hear God's voice, we've got to use both of our ears. So we must be humble and teachable. Bow down thy ear so I can hear. And many people read the Bible with their own um, denominational bent. But there are many things in the Bible that we don't actually hear in church. And we've talked about a lot of them, you know, within our Bible study, if God says something different um, than what maybe somebody's heard in church, that person might be deaf to it. That's what I'm referring to. They might think, well, if it's not in my denomination's teaching, then it's not the Bible. Um, if we can only expect to hear from God what we've maybe heard in church, then we're spiritually deaf. We'll miss what God is saying to us. The Bible is the authority. It's the authenticating light. Even if, you know, those in your church haven't yet gotten the revelation from God as to the true um, reality of what God was saying. You know, he actually said to um, some of the Pharisees, the problem is, is that you don't understand the scriptures or the power thereof. You know, it's, we've got to, not everybody just because they've gone to seminary truly understands the scriptures or has gotten the revelation from the Lord. And part of the reason today is because there are many people that are self-appointed and maybe not actually called by God, but unfortunately the church, the mega church industry has become big business. And so it's become a career path for a lot of people, but we've got to be sure that we personally are in this word enough to um to just be listening to what does the Lord's, what is he saying? What is he saying to me? And the next two requirements are time. You know, we've got to make time to spend with the Lord. And I mean, even if you've got to write it in your daytime or like you've made an appointment with someone that is very important and that you would never cancel that appointment on them, that you set an appointment with the Lord. If you find yourself always having good intentions, you know, the Bible says that our spirit Um, is willing, we're willing to do these things. Our heart longs to be with the Lord, but our flesh is weak. Uh, It is. It's a reality, and that's in the scriptures. And if we're struggling in that way, then we've got to do some disciplines in our life and make time. And we can make time if it's a priority, if it means something to you. And then fourth, quietness. Two things almost nobody has today. Time to be quiet. Be still and know that I am God. Cease striving. Be still and know. That speaks of quietness and relaxation. We hear from God many times when we take time to wait for God. God doesn't always speak the first instant that we'd like to hear just because we've decided to give him five minutes and that's all we've got. And so we're like, well, Lord, I'm here. Well, if you you can't talk within the next five minutes, um, I guess I'll just move on. We have to sit before the Lord. We've got to learn how to still our soul before him. Even King David, he said he had learned how to sit before the Lord like a weaned child, like a weaned child, meaning that he's no longer um, like an unruly child. He was disciplined before the Lord to just sit and wait. Psalm 62 says, my soul waits in silence for God only. You have to wait. You have to be silent and your attention focused on the Lord only. The Lord. David addressed his own soul and he tells his soul how to wait. Let all that I am wait quietly before God. And then he goes on to say, for my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. Have you ever said that to your soul? Let all that I am wait quietly before God. It would be a good one just to write down and start rehearsing that in our own soul's and no better preparation to achieve this attitude than worship. So we know that the scriptures say today, if you would hear his voice, it's even in the New Testament as well. It's a warning to us against allowing our hearts to harden. In order to hear, let us acknowledge, like Pastor Sylvia does so beautifully, as we, she demonstrates entering into his presence with prayer so often before we begin Um, our time here in this fellowship with just acknowledging his majesty, his sovereignty, coming to him with reverence. We need to appreciate the tremendous privilege that the almighty God would commune with us. That needs to resonate in our hearts, that this is no casual thing that we can approach the throne of God. And that is what we're doing when we're drawing his presence. That's what worship does. It draws us into the very presence of God. The the manifest presence will come and meet us in our rooms, individually, intimately, and speak to us. There is little respect today in the world, but God still demands respect. Respect that's expressed in worship kneeling before him. When you want to hear from God, you have to approach him him with reverence and worship. God's voice will always produce God's peace. Colossians 3, 15 to 16, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. It says also, let the word richly dwell in you, The word rule means to act as an arbitrator or an umpire. We have an inward arbitrator, the peace of God. When the peace of God says yes, it's good. When there is no peace, we need to say to ourselves, well, you know, God, is this from you? If this is from you, God, then let there be peace in my heart. That doesn't mean there's, an, there's no storm going on because God might ask you to walk through some difficult circumstances, but if it's truly God leading you, he is the Prince of Peace. He says, I will give to you a peace that the world doesn't understand, a peace that passes all understanding. And he's always gonna be with us. And so this is something when you're not sure which direction to take, you follow peace. This is what I have taught myself to do according to the word. And if you don't have peace, then you wait. Be still and know that I am God. God is not the author of confusion. If there is confusion that's happening, it's a good um, idea to just wait in silence before the Lord and to ask for peace and to ask for discernment and direction. If this is from you, let there be peace in my heart. But if there's unrest or pressure to act hastily, Then you really need to be on your guard because it would seem that God's peace might be withdrawn for some reason. And if peace is withdrawn, it might mean that maybe you didn't hear him right to begin with, or maybe you're not applying um, what he's already told you to do. And so there's no peace yet because you haven't been obedient. Or maybe, you know, the season that he might have called you to, maybe that season's over. And maybe there's a sense of redirection to something, but these are ways that God communicates to us and he leads us in peace. He leads us this way. So there's some factors that are combined. One, God's peace. If it's there, um, or it is there, I'm sorry, it is there if you're hearing the voice of God. Two, thankfulness. You'll have an attitude of gratitude in your heart. You'll be content. Um, and three, God's word in your heart, it will line up with Scripture. Whatever leading that you have will not violate Scriptures in any way. And it's important that you check Scriptures when you're looking for confirmation. Three ways to check um, the voice of God. Again, one, it always agrees with Scripture, two, confirmation of the circumstances. Um, The Lord says he will establish a thing with two or three witnesses. Those two or three witnesses aren't always just physical people. You're praying about something, you're waiting on something, and you might see some particular word show up on a billboard, or you might see, but it's just so ironic that it just so happens that it somehow speaks to you in your quest for that answer. For me, if that happens, one time's not enough. I've got to have it in two or three witnesses but if it's the time, you know, God's timing is perfect. And when he, when I, what I have found is when he's speaking to me, I won't necessarily wait on answers like, or wait on the confirmation when I'm seeking confirmation from the Lord for long periods of time, the way that I'll really know that it's him is that it'll come rather quickly. You know, that in a, in a short amount of time, I will have gotten confirmation, confirmation, confirmation. Maybe somebody spoke to me that didn't know my situation. And they just happened to say something that I knew that has to be the Lord speaking through that person. You know, just things you'll know in your heart. No one else probably would, wouldn't would potentially make sense to other people, but you'll begin to know because it's how the Lord is confirming things to you in ways that you would understand that it's him speaking to you. And then three, we need God's peace in our heart. Umpiring, right? Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, saying this is right or no, this is wrong. That's what the peace of God is going to do. It's going to rule in your heart. It's going to umpire between decisions. If there's no peace, it's not right. Peace, I'm going to follow that. You might have to follow in faith. You may not have all the answers yet. It may not totally make sense, but it's you're following peace. And the other thing is relationship with um, other believers. It's important that we receive wise counsel. If God has placed wise counsel around you, not every voice is good to seek counsel from. You need to make sure you're listening to godly voices that can be trusted, that are are testing things by the word, that um, have proven faithful themselves and are mature enough to be able to give you um, wise counsel according to his word. But we need each other. You know, iron sharpens iron and the Lord will speak to us through other believers as well. But the better our relationship is with that other believer, you know, the, that will actually enable us better even to hear the Lord's voice. The better we can either hear God's voice through them or receive confirmation from them because we can trust it more so is what I'm getting at because we we know their walk with Christ. We know Their maturity in terms of like that relationship with the Lord, that that we can have a better sense of discernment, whether that word is right or not. So, what right relationships um, with godly counsel? Getting alone with God, that's critical to our walk with the Lord, you know. And when we're doing that, you have to set that atmosphere, you know, for yourself, whether it's just being silent before Him and being totally focused on Him in your thoughts in the stillness, in the quiet, just meditating on his word. Maybe put some worship music on at times so your mind can focus on God by praising him. You know, we enter into his courts with thanksgiving and praise and then pray, talk to God about what's on your heart. You know, it's hard to hear when you're burdened with something. You have to give it to him. So prayer is an exchange of the burden. If you pray and you still feel the burden, then maybe you didn't pray. Maybe you just griped about it. That's something to think about. You know, read somewhere in scripture and then write down, what do you think God is saying to you through that scripture? Like, like wait for him, ask him, read some scriptures and then ask the Lord, what are you saying to me? And then write down those thoughts. Journal. You know, God. if God leads you to a scripture, then God will speak to you through it it's an eight you need to think of it like little children learning to speak but they also have to mature in what they say as they grow up this is our walk with the Lord you know in learning how to hear from him and how to better you know um, develop and foster the atmosphere in our homes and in our private time with the Lord that we're going to hear from him um, it is it is a practice you know we can't expect, To hear from God, because like I said, we just sit down and give him a few minutes or we got up in the morning and read our, you know, two minute devotional and went about our day. And that's all we have for the Lord. I mean, you're probably still going to heaven. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just talking about in developing this relationship where there's a deeper intimacy and walk with the Lord. And that's what we that's what we all long for. But it doesn't come just like it wouldn't come in your marriage if you didn't spend time. If you didn't just sit, if you didn't ask, you know, ask the questions, even as you're in the word and you come across things that you don't understand, then ask him about them and then wait for him to tell you. just sit and wait and just see if he'll speak. He speaks. My sheep know my voice and the voice of another. They will not follow. So at this time, I'm going to stop my slides and um, just pass it over to Pastor Sylvia and then, uh, sort of, just give an opportunity as well for feedback and questions or thoughts, you know, that you all might have about any of these, any tips that you might have for one another, for all of us. Um, but Pastor Sylvia, I'll I'll let you lead that.
1: Amen. Praise the Lord. And um, definitely a subject or an area that we need to spend time and uh, there should be emphasis on. And the reason being is is you painted a beautiful picture in reference to hearing from God and knowing that God still speaks. One is that there are denominations that don't believe that God speaks to his people. Amen. They actually believe that, um, you know, the word is all there is, but God is still speaking. Some uh, very important things to know is that first and foremost, when he speaks to you and I, he will never tell us or say anything that will contradict his word. Amen. So it will actually bring emphasis because he'll relate it to the scripture. When we see, because God does everything according to patterns and principles, if you can see it in the word, then you know that it is another way of indicating this is from God. And why is that important? Because literally there are three voices that we are constantly hearing. What's the first one? Your own, amen. Your own thoughts, which are guided by your will, your emotions and your intellect, amen. And then it is the voice of Lucifer, Satan, the devil. And that also will line up with the world, and the world's viewpoints and the world's thoughts why because he's the prince of the air and then it is the voice of God but here's what I want you to understand if we grab a hope to that voice of ourselves you know that inner me so then the devil don't have to do anything there's oftentimes when we think the devil said that Mm-mm, that is us our emotions, our will, our intellect is out of control. And therefore, uh, we run with it. Amen. And we don't look to make sure God is that, let me make sure that that's you and not me. People often ask me, well, how do I know the difference between my voice and the voice of the Lord? Well, again, the Lord's voice lines up with his scripture. And, you know, it, it's not going to be because my emotions are overwhelmed and I'm angry and I'm upset and all this stuff and I'm out of control. Mm mm now that's normally an indication sylvia is at work and my voice will line up in agreement with the flesh because the flesh doesn't want to obey god and that it will also line up with the voice of the world who is lucifer satan the devil because he doesn't want to obey god either amen but god's voice God's voice, which is the true voice that gives us that what we should do, again, will always line up with the plan and the purposes of God. Now, here's the caution. The caution that I have is this. You know, if we listen to those other voices, then the Holy Spirit will withdraw he will not say anything because God would never make us listen and do what he wants us to do. Amen. That's why we must pray for discernment and pray and put into practice hearing the voice of God. Hearing the voice of God and responding to the voice of God. Amen. The voice of God never false or turns out to be false. Amen. That's how we can even understand when people say, well, God told me this. If God told them, it's going to come to pass. If God didn't tell them, it's not. You know, when people say, well, you know, we're just human and we have human problems sometimes. No, no, no. The Bible says, amen, because that's our final yardstick. That's our measuring stick. It says that if God sent the prophet to say that, it's going to come to pass. He says, if it doesn't come to pass, they're not a prophet. I didn't send them. And you should not be afraid. Why is that so important? Because we must understand that, again, False prophets have those same voices that are operating. They're operating either in themselves based on their emotion, their will, their intellect, getting carried away by the things in the world. That's why many people in this day and age will say that God has said that he has no problem with homosexuality and all of those things. It doesn't line up with the word of God. Now, I'm not talking about a sinner. God loves a sinner, but God is never going to tell me that something that contradicts his word and contradicting would be actual someone that practicing adultery if god said the voice says, oh it's okay you know jim and patty they can't help it i'm all right that is not the voice of god amen the voice of god is going to say i love them but that is sin and the wages of sin is a b c d amen hey the voice of god will never tell us that it is okay for us to remain in sin and approve of other people in sin read romans uh, chapter one chapter one it says you were doing such thing and you approved of others doing the same thing he's calling at those things out here's the here's the thing saints Again, God's word, God's voice will never contradict his very word. As Krista said earlier, he is the word. Amen. And he changes not, so his word will not change. But my voice, amen, will change because it changes like the wind. It changes based on the emotions. It changes based on the environment, the people I'm around. It can be easily swayed, but God's voice changes not. And God's voice lines up with his word. Uh, uh, Again, there are times when we say that the devil is telling us not. Deal with that inner voice that's in you, you yourself first then you can know that the devil may be saying things yes and it will line up in agreement with the view and the vantage point of the world which most times more than likely contradicts the very word of God we'll give you an example of this amen in the um the the um The chapters that we read, remember the encounter with Balaam and Balak, amen, and Balaam is hired by Balak so that he can come and bring a curse on the Israelites. Now, here's the interesting thing. He said that by divination, that already tells you that's the devil, amen, because God didn't use that. But he was wise enough as a false prophet to know that he needed to seek the voice of God, that he needed to do these things to entice God to come so God would speak. And in speaking, hearing what God said and be able to curse the Israelites, But isn't it interesting, God never spoke a curse on them because he had already determined that they were to be blessed. And Balaam goes on to tell Balak that whom God intends to bless, he cannot curse. In fact, he even tells him and forewarns him, yeah, I'm going to come, but I will only say and do what I hear God do and say amen that's how powerful the voice of God is Jesus said that in fact he said I do nothing except for what I see my father do and say only what I hear my father say it is important and it's vital for us to understand that amen Balaam couldn't change the words of God once he heard what God said and God's word look at that think think about it now did not go against what God had told Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 amen in Genesis he told Abraham that he was going to bless him he would bless his descendants and all the family of the earth would be blessed now years later during the time of Moses, Abraham long gone, Balaam seeks God, God speaks a word, and it does not contradict what God had said all of those hundreds of years prior. That's what you and I need to understand, that we might be in 2023, but God is not going to tell you something that will contradict what his written word is from 6,000 years ago, 3,000, 2,000, four weeks ago, whatever it may be. He's not going to do that. It's the same. He knows it. So his word, when we know we're hearing from God again it will bring edification. It will bring clarification to what his word is, but it will not contradict. If it contradicts, you need to go back and say, Mm-mm, nope, that is not the word of God. Why? He's not a man. He cannot lie. He cannot lie. Amen. So he's never going to say, written through the ones he had, right by the power of the Holy Spirit. That was put in the scripture Then now suddenly he's going to tell you something different. God's word saints, and here's another point, God's word does not have to line up with the popular word of humans. Amen. It does not. God does not Write his word in alignment with what the populace, the majority think most people, what uh, the the church of, of, of the UK is saying, what the church of, of Europe or whatever it is, is saying. Amen. He's not. He's not going to change it because the White House policy is this. Amen. The word of God, that's how you know it, is going to be true to his written word. Amen. Now, if those things are lining up differently, then we got to know it's another source. It's another source. And we should not listen to them. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. How do we know his voice? That's where the word comes in. Because the word identifies who God is. Amen. And we begin to see and we hear. And then when he's speaking, we know. And as Krista said, it's something that we must practice, practice. Those other two voices are distractions. Why? Because again, we were born with a sinful nature, and this sinful nature does not want to obey God. Amen. In fact, our soul man, not having been surrendered to God and walking in that daily surrender. That's why the Bible says resist the devil. Submit to God, resist the devil and he'll flee. Submit to God, resist the devil and he'll flee. How do we submit to God? By surrendering ourselves, Romans chapter one, and then coming in in obedience. And obedience isn't that I agree with the word of God. It is, I know it is the word of God. God is speaking. And whether my emotions agree, my will, or my intellect, I am doing it because I know God is saying. How? I checked the blocks. I looked. And I check scripture to make sure this is lining up. Amen. You know, God even tells them in the scripture, or maybe it's in next week's, you know, because I'm already there preparing, but he gives this example. He says, if you have a prophet that comes in, and the prophet's prophecy has come to pass, and then they suddenly say, "Come, you know, God told me to tell you. Let's go worship some idol." He said, Mm-mm, "You got to know that is not me, and that prophet." is no prophet of mine he says if your relative come and give you a revelation god said for us to go and chase after idols. god said this is acceptable and it contradicts what god is said. he said we ought to know that is not of him in other words the voice they're hearing is not the voice of god And so therefore, you should not listen to their voice. Amen. Only listen to those that have the voice of God and be able to discern it. You know, because sometimes our emotions, we get all caught up in stuff. And we'll be saying, oh, God, "Mm -hmm, God ain't told you that. Calm down. Settle down hear what God is saying, and then respond to that, amen, amen, and I I think it's so important, especially if you don't obey that voice, you need to really be glad that it wasn't God talking to you, maybe, you know, so that you can repent, and you can get it right, God desires to talk to his people, but again, he's not going to tell us anything that doesn't line up with his word, amen, even when he said, I'm doing a new thing, Amen. He His word tells us that the new thing, because Solomon says in Ecclesiastic, there's nothing new under the sun. It just means I've never seen it before. But again, in scripture, it's going to line up. Amen. It's going to line up with the scripture, with the word of God. So identify, is this voice mine? Because you know, my emotions, I'm all out of control. My mouth is running. I'm saying stuff. Yeah, mm. might want mm -mm. next voice is you know again the lucifer are you sure that's what god asked you to do you know you don't really want to do that anyway that that that's not god god doesn't ask you to do anything that hard that difficult it doesn't take all that to be a christian Mm, you might because god says gonna take that and some more amen jesus said count the cost amen so again when we hear and we're searching the word of God then when we are hearing and even in your visions and your dreams because he also speaks that way too amen he'll speak to us in visions and dreams but they also will line up with the word of God and before we run take time sit listen be with God have god to reveal what i've learned in my lifetime is that god will also tell us who what when where and why amen who what when where and why amen but again it's a process it's spending time with god it's listening it's getting rid of the distractions sometimes for me i have to turn off the music praise and worship is absolutely good it's wonderful but it can be a distraction. And when I really want to hear from God, I need to go into the silence. I'm going to give you an opportunity to see if anyone has any comments, questions, or thoughts before we go a little further, time permits, and see if we can't do a practical demonstration of what we were just talking about. Anyone, any thoughts?
0: I'm trying um, to
1: really be able to to hear and discern the voice of God. I know there's some things that God has told me that I've done, but then I feel myself kind of like I'm asking those questions. Um, like you said, is it me or is it God? But I knew distinctly when God asked me, when when God spoke to me. But you still that question still comes up: Is it? Is this you? And he when when I said I wanted peace, and he gave me peace.
2: So I know that. This is God because the enemy would not give me peace. That was my biggest prayer. Lord Jesus, help me to, I need discernment. I need to know when it's you, when it's the enemy and when it's me. And so since 2018, I've been just running after him and and abiding in him. And just like both of you said, I love this lesson because it's just so clear and practical But it is the spending the time with him. And that's the biggest thing that I've changed is sitting, even though at times I want to get up and do the the next thing because I have lots of things swirling around me that I must do for others. But Jesus left many times to go up on the mountain to pray by himself. He had to walk away. And that is the the most beautiful gift is spending time with the Lord. And I was enjoying my Sabbath and I was spending time with Jesus all day and just loving on him and praising him and praying for different things and reading his word. And I thought, oh, I haven't checked on my neighbor in a while. And I love my neighbor. She's wonderful. And I, I, so I, I got off of the couch really quick. And I ran upstairs and threw on my clothes and I was ready to run next door to check on her. And out of the blue, the most beautiful voice, still small voice said, stay with me. And I did. And I sat on the couch and the next, you know, just couple of hours were so much even more beautiful than the whole day. So that is just something that happened to me recently. And I, I just, it was beautiful, just beautiful, but it's that intimacy that I keep praying for Jesus help me with my intimacy with you and sitting with you and being still.
0: Amen. I mean, and the thing is too, like, you know, when we, when we do make the time, you know, I really have found when I really am just making that time to be committed to him Somehow the rest of the things that are my priorities of the day as well, um, he enables me to get those things accomplished. Like it's it really I mean, I even feel like there's been times where I, I just think it had to have been supernatural, you know, just almost like time increased or something, you know, but I was just able to get everything done that, you know, maybe I would have thought I wouldn't have time. But when you make time, he makes a way.
1: And I think the other great thing that happens with that is uh, prioritizing, because what he's helped me to understand is that, you know, the things that I thought were life shattering and must, 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 they really weren't that important after all, you know. And the most important thing is spending time with him you know, just being in his presence, even if you're not talking, you know, because there are times when he doesn't want to talk. He just wants to be with you in your presence and you in his, you know, and just to be able to sit there and to say, you know, Lord, I'm here for you regardless. And not because, you know, he's, downpouring or sharing something, you know, not because I'm looking for my next message, the next insight, God tell me this so I can go and share, no. I just want to be with you. Uh, And maybe it is because I can be with people and not feel like we have to carry on a conversation. So I'm okay if I'm with Jesus and I know he's there and he doesn't have anything to say. He just delights in being in our company and us being in the now with him, Not thinking about the grocery list, the shopping list, what you're going to do next. You know, my most five important things that I need to write about, the the birthday cards I need to send out, all of that. Nothing, but just sitting in the presence of God and thinking about God, thinking and remembering that he is the Lord. This is the one that created the heaven and the earth, He is beyond measure. He's beyond comprehension. He is the creator of the universe. And I get the privilege, I get the honor of being able just to be in his presence, being there because, you know, we sing songs and we say, I'm a friend of God. But true friends, and we see that in the book of Job, they sit with Job for seven days and did not say a word. Trouble didn't begin until they opened up their mouths. Amen. Sometimes that's simply what the Lord wants from you and I is just to sit and to be in His presence, not because we have our prayer requests, our prayer list, we have all of the stuff, but I I value you and I just want to be in your presence. And even in that, you can come out and there's a depths of intimacy. The depths of intimacy that you can't even describe, but you know that you know, and you've gone to a deeper depth and a higher level, and not because we had continual conversation. You know, sometimes he does not, and he doesn't say he's always going to speak, and that's why if we give him 10 minutes, well, I got 10 minutes, Lord, see what you got to say, and then I'm out of here, you're going to miss it. It is, I came to sit, to be quiet, to be with you, and I'm going to stay for however long you want me to stay. It's putting him first and allowing, going back to the very reason of why he gave them the sabbatical. On the seventh day, they were to do nothing that was necessary. Nothing, but to be it in his very presence i like to think of it as it is the day where you have your date with the king you're sitting before him just being in his presence it is that time when you understand like esther esther understood that she was wife in the bedroom chamber but when he was sitting on the throne she was going to see the king And the king would be the one that would beckon her to come by raising his uh, staff, by raising it so that she would know. But if not, then just sitting at his feet and in his presence. Amen.
0: Well, and really, this is what we're told. You know, we're supposed to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. How do we actually do that? You know, and it's really what we're talking about, to just come. You don't have anything that's fit for a king, but he's asked you to come and present yourself, you know, just to come and present yourself. And and that's the sacrifice that, Lord, I'm going to take time. I'm going to meditate on you. I'm going to think of you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to acknowledge the beauty of your holiness. That's a sacrifice that's pleasing unto the Lord to just sit with him, adore him, worship him, And think, you know, and and even to declare with your mouth um, these wonderful things of who he is into the heavenly realms.
1: Even in the midst of chaos, if you'll do that, then the chaos will cease. And that peace that comes, that goes beyond understanding comes. Because what is it that we need to remember? He knows our thoughts before we think them. He already knows what that problem is. He knows what that situation is. And simply when we come and sit before him, we're saying, I value you first and foremost. I know that you are trustworthy you're faithful, you're with me, and you're for me, and it is your presence, it is the very reason why Exodus, when Moses said this, he had already told him, I'll send an angel before, you said, no, 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 you said if I found favor in your sight, then how would they know that unless you go, it's okay, I'll go, but Moses understood this, the presence is different from the glory Let me see your glory. The presence takes us into seeing the glory of God and the word of God helps us to do that. You and you alone are the Lord. Again, the mountains bow before you. Just think about that. The mountain, I don't care if it's Mount Everest, I don't care if it is the mountain, Mount Fuji, whatever, no matter how big they are, the scripture says they bow before him. Another version says that they melt before him. The the waves clap their hands in praising you. See, when you are sitting before him and you begin to see these things, it's not just an allegory. God is telling you what creation does in response to who he is. And as he becomes greater and larger and you begin to see the vastness, you and I, of God, then these things, whatever it is, they begin to melt before him because they begin to, we begin to realize how insignificant they are and how significant he is. He is greater, he's mightier. It is being in that place where Elijah was when he said, you know, he heard the he heard the whirlwind, the earthquake, the storm and all of that, but he wasn't in that. The fire, he saw it, he wasn't in that. But in that Quiet, whisper. He heard. He heard. It is when we quiet ourselves. And when we quiet ourselves, it even requires that this voice of mine that likes to speak to me and give me all that wisdom would just do this, just do that, you know, that, that. it begins to silence. And the enemy. He wants to distract you. But when we silence our soul, when we silence our spirit, when we silence ourselves in the presence of God, that is surrendering, that is, that causes the enemy to be silent. He hates silence. I'm telling you, the enemy hates silence. That's why it's so much noise and so much chaos around people who are caught up in that frenzy because that's the enemy. He cannot deal with quiet, but God loves it. And he'll sit quietly with you. And then you begin to get that discerning because you've counseled out the voice of self. The enemy has pleaded because you are submitting to God. You And now you're resisting him because he's telling you, jump up like popcorn. And you're saying, mm-mm. No, God, you want me to be quiet before you. You just want me to sit with you. I'm done. I'm shutting off my mouth. I'm shutting down my thoughts. I'm not going to be ruled by my emotion, just by you and you alone. And when you get to that place and he speaks, you know it's him. Because every other thing has been silenced and God speaks.
0: Amen. I just want to mention that there is a counterfeit silence as well. And it's in new age religion and mysticism um, and all of that, where there's a meditation and they basically teach to empty yourself, basically to just, to, they do speak of silence and sitting in silence. But when you don't have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you and you're just empty, not focusing on God, and you're engaging in um, anything other than godly activity in that way of worship, you've you've opened yourself up to the demonic realm. And so there is a counterfeit to what God is actually looking for, because the enemy always counterfeits, right? But he is he is the liar and the deceiver. And so that is false. But what we do in our silence that's different is our thoughts and our heart and our meditations of our heart and mind are on the Lord. And so that's what we're focused on in the silence. So it's not getting to a place where you empty yourself of everything. You've emptied yourself of everything but him. There's nothing, there's no room for anything but him. It's just quietness alone with the Lord. And
1: Crystal, your point is a very good one, because that's exactly the difference between silencing yourself before the Lord and yoga. Christians and yoga should not be in the same sentence. I'm just saying, because again, that's what yoga teaches is to silence yourself from the thoughts of the Lord so that. They and whatever those other gods can come in. That's not what I'm talking about. The silence I'm talking about is our mind is always moving. And there are so many thoughts and distractions. How do you counteract that with thoughts about the Lord? Silencing those in response to, because they come, they come. And how do you do that? He is the Lord. He is Jesus his. Those are the thoughts, and they are the ones that distract and take away from the voice of the enemy. I'm not training or teaching you in yoga. I will tell Christians, run from yoga because they got a hundred million different gods all waiting to come and take you over. But the God of the Bible, it's different. And that's where the word comes in because we use the very word of God and we exalt, you know, when I pray, I exalt, I remind God of who he is. That's why reading the Bible is so important. You don't have to make up worship. Worship is not a song. Worship is not a melody. It is part of that, but it's not the only thing because even with that, you have to be careful. Lucifer was... a worship instrument so that's why in new age that's why they've got illuminati and all of that they have a beat they have a sound so that's why you have to be careful so everything there's a counterfeit so we have to learn the appropriate thing and even if it's a song and it may sound godly you got to make sure that it is sound and it lines up with the word of god itself otherwise you're introducing another spirit into that situation amen another voice
0: why don't we why don't we just wait before the lord why don't we enter into some worship and just let's sit quiet before the lord i just want to encourage all of you um you know we re- it really will take some effort from wherever you are i don't know if you've got distractions around if there's not quietness and stillness already where you are if there's not then maybe just take your laptop and move to another space where there is. So we can just, let's just sit before him. We do only have a few moments, um, but, you know, let's bring this into application. And and then as we depart this evening, if you want to just continue in that place of worship before the Lord on your own and in your own quietness, That would be wonderful. But but it is important, you know, and this is the reason we want to do a little application. It might feel uncomfortable if you've never sat before the Lord, if you've never just sat in silence before. And that's okay because, like we mentioned earlier, you know, David had to wean his soul. He had to wean his spirit like a, you know, and get basically trained up in the things of God, learning to discipline himself to sit before the Lord and to get comfortable in the silence just waiting on the Lord. The Lord may speak to you personally in the silence. you might see something, you might see a vision, you might hear a verse um, in that quiet time. if you do, you know we want to encourage you to share it if you're comfortable to share um, and you might hear nothing. you might hear nothing and that's okay because we didn't come, we're not doing these sort of things to to um, expect anything from God. He doesn't owe us anything you know and just because we get quiet before him, he doesn't have to speak. But he might. And so we'll just put ourselves in a posture to worship him and to wait on him. And Pastor Sylvia, would you lead us in prayer?
1: Amen. Amen. We're going to start out by just exalting the name of the Lord. Amen. And as we do, again, focusing on who he is. You are the Lord. You are the Lord our God. You are strong and mighty, holy and righteous. You are the creator of the heaven and the earth. Everything that was made was made by you. And it exists through you today. Forever and ever, you are the Lord. Forever and ever, you are worthy of our praise. Forever and ever, you shall be worshiped. But you and you alone are worthy of that worship. When we, look at the, when we look at the sky in the morning, we know that it was created by you. The blueness, the beauty of it, you did it. And it will never be that way again. In fact, it is a masterpiece hand created by you and you alone. Well, worthy are you, you are our God, and we bless you and we thank you, Lord God. When we think of the galaxy and we know that the earth is the smallest of the galaxy, the Milky Way, and it is a speck in the galaxy, and the earth is a speck in the speck, and man, we are like dust on the scale, but you are the Lord Beautiful are you and beautiful are the works of your hand. You are the one that caused the land to come out of the water and you establish its boundaries and not one drop of water will cross that boundary without your permission. You are the Lord. You are God and how we bless you. We come not seeking anything other than you. We come to commune, we come to acknowledge, we come to exalt you, for you are the Lord, the name above every name. You are the king of glory, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. You are the first, you are the last, and you are God. So we thank you, Lord God, but we know just as it was in the beginning, the Holy Spirit, when you hovered over the water, that means you were everywhere. And so you are even now. But not everyone who may want to encounter you can. We have been chosen by you, Father, given to the Son, and we can encounter the Holy Spirit. And you can take us because deep cries unto deep. Oh, blessed be your name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for this day. For this is the day that you have made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you, Lord God, that we can all be in separate locations. But yet you be with us right now. Oh, Father, will you, Holy Spirit, increase, increase, increase? But we need more and more of you. We need more that we may encounter you. Your word says, Our cup running over. May our cups run over, for we are the temple, the living stones. And we are the one in whom you dwell. We are the temple of the living God. Oh, blessed be your name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. For in your presence is the fullness of joy. You have told us that if we ask, we will receive. If we knock, the door will be open unto us. And if we seek, we will find it. And here we are seeking you, awesome one, beautiful one, majestic and holy, holy are you. You are holy and you are worthy. Worthy are you. But you deserve our worship. You deserve our praise. As we sit before you, longing, longing for more and more of you, But we are hungry and we are thirsty. And here we are, Lord God. Here we are, sitting in that presence. We say, speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Blessed be your name. Blessed
3: be your name. (laughs) you. <laughs>
1: That was a very small sample of demonstration, but even in that, you can see the power that we have been given in order to be able to do so, again, removing all the thoughts from our mind in reference to what we need to do and then really focusing on who he is and encountering and tapping in to God. You know, most of us, we're always so busy and there's so much, but it is intentionally determining, I'm gonna let all of that go and put all of my thoughts, intentionality, in focusing and encountering the Lord. Amen. Um, I know that we only have uh, less than a minute left uh, and if there is someone that God did share something with you to share with others, I want to give you an opportunity to do so, but there are times when God will tell you something and it's not for others, it's for you. And having that discernment as well. Amen. Anyone, any last thoughts, comments, or anything you'd like to share?
0: I will say I did get a word for myself. Um, So it's one of those ones that you don't necessarily need to share with everybody, but I got a scripture and it's very applicable for me. So I'm just rejoicing in my heart. The Lord is so good.
1: Amen. Praise the Lord. Anyone else?
0: And even if you
1: didn't, but you realize that, you know, the difficulty of just silencing out everything and focusing on God for more than a couple minutes, if there was some dis ease or discomfort in that, then again, practical application, do it, you know, practice it because the more you do it, then it just becomes like, you know, breathing. It's not something that you have to think about or program yourself to do, it comes.
0: We can't trust our emotions. So if that was uncomfortable for you and your emotions were feeling weird feelings or just didn't like the quiet, you have to um, take those thoughts captive and submit them to the will of the Lord and realize that scripture is true. We can't trust our emotions and we need to follow in obedience after you know, doing what he's asked of us to present ourselves, what regardless of how we feel about it.
1: Amen. Amen. That uncomfortability, you—we need to really see that because that's part of the fight to try to stop you from doing it. Amen. Pastor Shira, I saw that you did want to share.
3: Actually, because of the time difference, and yours is on Monday, my. Now I'm on Tuesday, so um, I I got so busy because every morning I'm really busy because I have to send my son to school, so I have to prepare breakfast and all the stuff. So I came down to my room and and I decided, okay, I'll have my quiet time, and uh, just being in his presence, being quiet, and then suddenly Krista's face appeared. I said, oh. <laughs> And I said, Oh, I forgot today is the time. (laughs) And I came in. So what I was, what I'm trying to say is if I didn't have that little moment of quiet still, uh, I would have missed it today. And uh, when I came in and uh, rightly and timely, what um, Pastor Sylvia was sharing is so true because even though I feel uh, I'm alone in the house most of the time, but I'm so busy. So I have to really come and hide myself in my room and then really be still. And the word that I had, Pastor Sylvia was praying is, Elijah heard the direction of the Lord in a still voice. And for that, he had to be really quiet. His focus at that moment wasn't the thunder or the lightning or whatever sound that was around, but he had to really still himself right inside. And that was the word that I had during the session: and still, and know I am God. That's all.
1: Amen. Thank you. Even with that, Pastor Sherry, again, it shows us that God does speak because you came in a little later and you came in and he bought the confirmation because Krista already shared that scripture earlier. So oh. this is a <laughs> practical demonstration of God speaking and bringing confirmation to what he's doing, and what he's saying. Pastor Shira wasn't here in the beginning. I saw when she came on, so she never knew that God had already spoken, and given that to us through Krista. Amen. Praise be to God. Amen. Yes,
3: when I came in, I think you were just closing the the sharing, and then after that, you uh, you know, Krista was saying, okay, let's have a time with a lot so i really missed krista's
2: session if she had one <laughs> and also pastor sylvia you talked about the storm too so you and krista both um spoke that word so it's just beautiful to watch the body of christ and the lord work you spoke mm-hmm. the same thing so so beautiful and when i was laying on the floor i heard be still and know that i'm god so just Praise the Lord. So beautiful.
1: Amen. So in closing, we want everyone to know, and I think we do, regardless of what you hear or what someone says when they say that God does not speak, he does still speak today. And he desires for us to hear his voice and to know his voice because again a time will come we have to remember it was there before if they burn all of our bibles if they burn all of our bibles then we have read the word that's why you need to read it Why we can have it now if they if god will speak but he will never speak anything in that will contradict what his word says and I know that the underground churches in China, many of them only get one page or two and they memorize that. God still speaks to his people. He loves us and he wants us to hear his still small voice, but it takes us to really focus and desire that. He will never force himself on us. Amen. Any other of the last comments? Krista, I'm gonna turn it back over to you.
0: Praise the Lord. Well, I think this was a wonderful time this evening. And I'll just tell you, this really was all Holy Spirit orchestrated because, um, like I started out in the beginning, um, Reverend Bernie was supposed to lead tonight. So Pastor Sylvie and I, we actually weren't prepared to do this. And um, the Lord has helped us. And, you know, it's just been amazing. He's so good to us. And um, it was just a blessed evening. So I'm just appreciative of how the Lord has orchestrated tonight. And um, I pray that all of you were blessed and we'll look forward to meeting again with you guys next Monday. And in between, don't forget the breadcrumb videos and Wednesday will be on four times during the day for prayer. So please feel free to jump on and join us. Um, And we'll just leave you with that. God bless you all. Shalom.